don't move into the middle of big cities. They like move yeah. as far away from human beings as possible. Yeah. And but like living in New York teaches you how to be, you know, a sort of a member of the world. Yeah, you're history. a member of a society, right? Yeah. And like I love, I personally, we still live in Brooklyn, and like Brooklyn, I live in Crown Heights, and it's yeah. a oh, phenomenal, sweet. a phenomenal place to live. And like what I love about I, I grew up in a in Michigan, uh, like a small college town, and it was that was great for what it was. But for me, I'll ne I'll never want to move out of Brooklyn. Like we have a house yeah. here, um, and uh, like anytime you walk out the door, you walk out the door. I walk for an hour, and like you're just constantly assaulted is the wrong word, but you're inspired by like people congregating in all these for all these different reasons. You know, it's just. There's a small concert of like 20 people. And it seems to be like just the friends of the musicians or something like that who right. came out for it. But it's like, this is beautiful. Like you get, and then you stop and you watch somebody play the cello on the sidewalk for mm -hmm. however long, or, you know, have this group of friends doing this. It's an amazing place. It's an amazing There's place. There's the, uh, the, what is it? The, the, uh, the, the, the third place. Um, I don't know what the word I'm trying to look for, but there's a term called the third place. And that's what, um, Starbucks built their business on the idea is that people have their home and they have work and they're neat and they're in like what they yeah. did is they, we're building a third place and that third yeah. place is a place you can come and spend time with and we're never going to question how long you're here and why you're here right. hang out well New York City is that third place in yes. entirety you yeah. can like you like you said someone playing the cello like we've we've crossed I mean in the years we've found musical acts that we've listened to for the last 20 years yeah like who have like moved on yeah. from really like kind of like influential or really good artists. And you're like, yeah. and they were just standing on the corner playing. Yeah. Like that was it. And yes. Yes. so it's a, it's, it's a magical, it, it's, it's the best, it's the best place. Hey, hold yeah. on two seconds. You ready? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. that's that's the trick um hey um welcome to the big story podcast thank you so much i'm excited to be here we have dennis camp today um i'm really psyched um yeah i just is it's already it's already fun talking so um welcome welcome aboard the the mayhem you have a very exciting backdrop i love it i'm excited to be here my background's too nutty to have i need to have like a, a flat surface of some sort it, you have a nice background. I li I'm in a just in a random, you know, white room. So are you in a, are you in a Starbucks? Be honest. <laughs> no, no Starbucks. It's it is a bedroom. <laughs> it is a bedroom, but there's nothing nice on the walls. So. Oh well. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. So okay, we we've checked that off the list. We both love New York City. Um, where did yeah. you? You said you came from Michigan. Where in Michigan? Yeah. So I actually had a, a bit of a strange background. My, my father is Turkish and my mother's from the Philippines. Um, and I was, I was born in the Philippines, uh, but then moved to the United States at a pretty young age and grew up mostly in East Lansing, Michigan, uh, which is, which yeah, is, no, I, have a, I have a sibling who lives there. Oh, really? Yeah. In East Lansing specifically? Yeah. 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 And that, that, yeah. And oh, my, uh, that's awesome. Father-in-law was born and raised in Lansing. So, oh, yeah. wow. Oh, great. I don't that's yeah that's awesome so yeah my uh my parents were professors at M uh, Michigan State gotcha and, I'm sorry uh, they weren't in Michigan University of Michigan but that's cool well that's where I went to undergrad so <laughs> I'm all I'm I'm right there with you buddy you're right all right you're on the Wolverine side of the yeah, yeah. Right. I, it depends on whether it's basketball or football but yeah general but generally I'm for Wolverines 
but yeah. with a carve out for Michigan State basketball because I grew well, it's up. It's hard to deny Magic Johnson. Yeah, I mean exactly, and I grew up specifically when uh, we were Michigan State. Like, I was in high school when we became national champions, and okay. it, like we won the national championship, and so we had like a specific team, and they were like a big part of the community. Like they would yeah. come, like Mateen Cleves, who was the captain at the time. He would like he and a few of the other players would like come to the high school and play games of pickup, and like right. they were. So it was like very formative for me. You know, so I have a specific carve out for Michigan State basketball. I, well, so U of M basketball didn't sort of gain any notoriety until the fabled, dreaded, whatever you want to call the the Fab Five. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was sort of like this real exciting moment. And then like it just sort of imploded, you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I it, it, listen, it's all about. Wolverines football for me. So yes, well, I'm right there with you on that. Yes. Yeah, big, let's right. let's talk Big House. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, um, I've known a few writers who have are from who went to Michigan U of M. Like, yeah, it, there's like a good stable of writers who come from that school. So uh, and in comics specifically as well. Uh, yeah, I, no, one of them was one of them was a student of mine at a ad school and. Um, um, and all he wanted to do was write comics. Like he just, yeah. like he, he's there to get a job being an ad writer. Uh, he ended up becoming a uh, an adventure sport like person. Like they have these things like where like there are these adventure sports where like there's a team of three and they get dropped off like in Borneo and they've got to make it to another location. Oh wow! Like bike and kayak and climb, like all this nutty stuff and like for years he'd be like hey we're going to be like doing a thing in new york city can we leave a kayak in your apartment and i'm like <laughs> what i'm like i guess <laughs> you know so, yeah um i cannot imagine anything more different than writing comic books than being an adventure sport totally like it's so crazy like really cool really cool guy you know yeah and rick if you're out there um you know drop me a line man like i'd love to catch up um yeah, yeah it's 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 nutty um so okay, so you so you, you sort of shirked all of the Lansing pride and went <laughs> off went off to the, went off to Ann Arbor. Um, yes. So like, did you were you dra dragging a few long boxes with you to Ann Arbor, or had you been like not yet inoculated or? In yeah, I would say it was more like I dropped off. So I in high school I was very into comics, and then yeah. in college, you know, I just got I got. Uh, caught up in other things yeah. uh you know i just meeting people and and all of that and then but i still had my shop there this vault of midnight uh it's still there um and right. they're, they're still awesome and um and so i would still go occasionally but it was just less of an intense uh mm -hmm. it was less of an intense thing and then um and then i and then i further uh after college it was i even went further away from comics because i was i was doing graduate school and okay. um and then i was doing and i was working abroad for a while i was working in um south america and and eventually turkey and um and and then kind of when i was in turkey i kind of started uh playing with the idea of writing comics as a as an opportunity or as something that i might want to do just as a maybe as a career but at the very least as a hobby and so yeah. i started kind of fooling around with that what did you what did, what were you studying um, for undergrad and then for your graduate degree? So my undergrad was in cell and molecular biology, and then okay. my 
my graduate degree was in medicine. I went to okay. medical school. Doctor. Yeah. Dentist. Yeah. I, yeah. I went to medical school at, uh, at the Cleveland clinic. So I stayed okay. in the, I stayed in the, um, Midwestern region of things. Sure. Okay. Um, that's okay. All right. Right on. So, yeah. I, so, okay. so it was a big transition. And then I went no, abroad to, to, to do medical work. And so I was, yeah, but it, you know, it's, it's so interesting because like, you know, read, reading your books, like, I'm like, Oh, like there's like, it's so not like, I mean, your books, your books have this very, you have a very strong sort of international kind of thing mixed with sort of like human condition sort of stuff. I appreciate you know, that. Yeah. So like I, that's, that I, so like, so when you're, when you're sort of saying all this stuff, I'm like, okay, yep, that tracks. Okay. I can see where that, I can yeah. see where the influences of just sort of experience kind of come into play there. A hundred percent. I think, I think being, having grown up with two parents from two different countries was a sure. huge thing because we were going every summer we would spend all summer in one country or the other alternating wow. um yeah and so that was that was because all of our family is there yeah. all of my mom's family is uh, you know we have a very we had a very small and kind of isolated family situation in the united states but then we would go abroad we would go home and that's where all of my my mother's you know uh family is and then in turkey you know it's it, my family is like a mafia almost there it feels like <laughs> you know it's just very intertwined and 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 you know, constantly seeing each other, and so that was always a trip. And 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 just hearing the so just hearing those different voices, I think you see a lot of that in the in the work. Probably is I yeah, I, yeah. I play with the voice a lot because I, I like to you know how you translate something. There, first of all, it can it can change the meaning of the thing, right? And then it has its own kind of a poetry to it. And so yeah. um, I try to do that with characters that aren't from the United States. Yeah, and, and that, yeah, I definitely like with you know what's behind your head you can't see it but we can um <laughs> you know the 20th century men is definitely sort of point yeah. on you know with with that so um what did your parent what are your parents what do they uh teach what are, you know yeah my dad is a my dad went to or uh, he went he, he got his first he got his master's in electrical engineering but then went into economics so he's an economics professor interesting okay but, but he's also like a he's a, he's like a much smarter person than me so he's also a painter much more talented just generally like kind of a prodigy within turkey and then um and because he went to like the fancy you know the fancy private like he got a scholarship to the fancy private school that everybody okay. like if you, if you mention it in turkey everyone's like oh my god he went there and i'm just kind of like the idiot son uh, here <laughs> in the united states and my mom uh she's she taught uh like mass media law and and policy so more, okay. more communication stuff um, right. um in in and at the university there yeah so it, I, I grew up with a lot of a lot a lot of lectures i guess I would, I guess. well i mean like it, it's interesting because like there's there is a very sort of like um like there's a lot of discourse in families with you know people in sort of higher education like so there's a lot of discussion that's happening you yes. know you know you're not just you like there hey let's discuss topics and subjects and things like that a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 That was like the normal thing. Like at the end of the, at the, or at the nighttime, my parents would have a discussion about whatever it is, philosophy right. or politics or whatever. And I would be included in that kind of, right. Kind of, you're right. Yeah. It, it's, it was a, it was a huge leg up, I think in life to have that kind of a, have that kind of an environment. Like it's a big privilege that, of mine. Yeah. And I think, and I, and I don't think this is something that is just exclusive to, you know, you know, it should be, or is exclusive to people who are only in, in academia. Like, 100%. I mean, the thing is, it's like, 
you the, the education you give your child on including them in the, th the thought process in and the experience of what you're going through in life is like invaluable like it, it's 100%. So, yeah it, and it's so like it's so important because like i mean I, i'd like like i have i have friends of mine who are like you know they all like to yell and these guys are like they're brilliant to talk to yeah. because like that's the whole thing is like let's just keep talking let's figure yes. it out let's get through this um and i yeah. think i think a lot of conflict i mean that's one of my uh, the central thesis of of my work is like a lot of conflict arises from miscommunication mm -hmm. um the 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 slippage between my meaning and your interpretation of sure. of, of what I've said and so um, I, I find that so I think the more that you almost everything can be resolved through through honest and you know a, and vulnerable uh, expression if you just keep talking it out yeah ho hopefully you can arrive at something like where where if even if you don't come to an agreement about what things should be you can at least come to an understanding about how the how it's making another person feels how it makes another person feel and that in and of itself kind of you know makes them more human and it makes you kind of understand where they're coming from and it, it diffuses a lot of the animosity and the anger because it's like well okay that's not how i meant it but that's how you're taking it and i can see why it made you feel that way and i'm sure. sorry so that's i think that's true of not just of you know artistic work but just in your life uh, in the context yeah. that i've had in my life yeah i mean i think i mean it's you know i mean I mean, like, it's like, you know, anger, anger is like 90% of anger is something that is not being communicated from yourself. Yes. And so like when you're like having, you know, when something's happening, it's like when somebody's speaking to you and then you get angry, well, what it is, is probably you just have not expressed yourself clearly enough in, in the, in the, you know, in the lead up to this. So now you're upset with yourself and now you're yes. turning it on to somebody else because it's a lot way better to get mad at someone else than yourself yeah so, um hurt feelings on both sides both people have some kind of hurt feelings due yeah. to miscommunication and then we all just say things we don't mean or you know we, yeah. we say the things that we're that we're that we fear rather than the things that we actually think like you don't care about me or whatever sure. it is you know? and like and i think like with you know with comics is like you know we it, it's a very like it's a very contained um story setting you don't have a lot of real estate to do a lot of stuff so it's yeah. really hard to express the nuance of those type of things, <clears throat> you know, it, you know, in a literary sense, because you don't have the real, you just can't do it. Like I, I, I always say comics is better at the proposition than the interrogation, just because it doesn't have the, yeah. the space, but it, it has, it's an amazing thing to propose an idea and for that idea to be striking in a, mm -hmm. you know, in, in maybe distilled down to an image or something like that. But for the back and forth, I think, or for the really, really sort of deep internal interrogation, that's that's the novel's form, you know, like that's- you No, know, oh, dude, that makes me, you know, cause you know, here, it makes me wonder like, if that proposition factor is so powerful, that's probably a big reason why comics have been so successful in the terms of film. 100%, yeah. moved into film because you have this once again a very confined and contained period exactly. like, no one's gonna sit for a seven hour film so yeah. we gotta you, you gotta you gotta get it and get it you know get that whole proposition out there and maybe you can kind of express it a little longer maybe in a series yeah. but, this, but the, the episodes are chopped up so you yeah. don't we get the chance to really kind of run with it so it's a, it's a it's kind of a perfect format and maybe that's why 
I'm not a big video game player. Like it kind of stops with combat from Atari for me. So that's <laughs> that's how long ago. But like video games don't translate to film. Yeah. There's and, the sto story is not I mean, of course some some might, I suppose, but it's really about the experience the individual experience of that yes. one person, I think. Right. You know, playing the game. And that's yeah. not what film is about. No, no, no. I mean, it, it's funny because like books and comics are closer to that experience because they are active things. You have to yes. pick up, open up, and engage with whatever the whatever the printed medium is, whether it's a comic yeah. book or 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 a book. And so it so the the reader is exchanging something in time for the efforts that the the artists have put onto the paper. Yeah. It's not just you're not just receiving for sure. Like you're you're a more active participant, and I really like that about comics. Is it's kind of the it's kind of an in between state, right? I mean, in a novel, you're completely inventing almost everything sure. in your head. I mean, the the words are painting the pictures, but exactly how that configures in your head, that's all uh, that's all you, and that's great. That can be really great. And then comics, you know, is a little bit further where an artist is doing a lot of that work. But then you are also there's a lot of space in between for you to be filling in the gaps, right? Yeah, um, totally. Well, the then, time there's the, 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 the because yes. panels aren't sort of like this and this and this and this and this and this. That's the steps in animation, you know, yeah. like those are yeah. the tweens. But like if you're like you're writing you know, these sequences and scenarios of events that are happening, but they're not this sort of smooth flow. It's a, yeah. it's a time period that happens in between. And we, the reader, get to go, you know, because like you're changing scenes. Now the reader, yeah. you yeah. can come up with your head how you got to that from point A to point D. Yeah. Like, and that's a kind of a beautiful thing. It's a, it is a beautiful thing. And I think it allows people to become very invested in the work because they are, they're investing themselves into the story, right? And if you, and it's interesting to see, uh, there's a, um, there's a, uh, you know, a, uh, Elsa Chatelier, who's a who's a comic book artist, she she's doing uh, Love Everlasting right now with um, with Tom King. She, she was almost a guest on my podcast. Oh yeah, she's she's amazing, and she she's has fantastic. A, she has a she has a YouTube channel where she translates, uh, where, where one of the one of the um, installments I don't know what you call it, episodes is uh, she translates a scene from uh, Reservoir Dogs into yep. a comic page, right? Yeah. And that is. That is right there. That is a perfect illustration of the difference because actually quite a lot gets lost. I mean, a lot gets cut. A lot of specific little bits get cut to turn this whole scene into one page, but it is in its own way as effective, right? It's a, mm -hmm. it's a different experience. It's a completely different experience because the film has more of this space. And there's also something about the charisma of an actor on screen that is very sure. hard to replicate through images. I think just that human, that baseline, human thing of seeing another human a real human face um you know that is a that is a powerful thing and it's also very powerful to see uh you know in a different way to see a uh to see a simplification of a human face that the profile of the homer simpson that you can recognize yep. like that that's also powerful in its own way but so you, with her work though you can see a lot gets cut from the from that scene and a lot gets lost but also you get something else you get uh the same idea transmitted to you in all in much in a much faster you know in a much quicker way it yeah almost you can with just with glancing for a few seconds you can get what's happening which is really powerful and i think one of the powerful things about comics and like you said you're also participating because you're you know it's the picture of the knife but you're seeing the knife 
uh, you know, slash or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're making that happen. Yeah, and and we're and the thing is, is like, aside from like incredibly like sort of highly detailed rendered artwork, um, most art allows the viewer to kind of fill in the gaps. Yeah. So you're kind of like really kind of interpolating your own personality and pressing it into the artwork and the images, bringing them to life in your in your mind when yeah. you're when you're looking at the you know looking and reading a comic. So um, yeah, especially it's, I mean, cartoonists like the best cartoonists like I feel that their work plays out almost like a like a you know an animation in your head yeah. because because they care so much about the flow of the page and mm -hmm. the, you know each panel how it's composed or whatever so i mean they are doing a lot of work to help you do the work but you're still fundamentally doing the work if that makes yeah. sense no and i think and you know and you know you said something about the charisma of the actors i mean i think that there are and it's it, it i think this is a sort of an x factor when it comes to artists you know in the in the comic industry or there are some artists who are so engaging with their characterizations yes that they really do have that charisma and those acting chops when you're yeah. looking at the comic and going, yeah, like this is, this yeah. is happening, you know, like yeah, it's kind totally. of cool. I, I mean, I, what I what I respect, what I think uh, comic book artists are generally great at, and what they do better than most film or anything is is the composition of a of a panel. You know, like obviously a scene, you can see beautiful scenes that are composed, but it's like every panel of a comic can be that beautiful can have that same level of beautiful composition that that you might see once in a while in a movie yeah. you know and yeah. that is that is an amazing thing i mean that is truly an amazing thing i think yeah and it's and it's you know i i think you know the, the if if the if the panels and the frame of the film are you know an the apples and apple you know yeah. but the but the thing is is the page composition is the mm -hmm. equivalent of the editing of of a film because Absolutely. you're now taking something larger and turning a scene, editing a scene into one page where you can yeah. kind of get this greater sense of story on a thing. And that's like, so, but as a writer, that's a real challenge, yeah. um, you know, to, to do this because, you know, when I talked to a lot of, and, and I, I was guilty of it myself when I was a young, young creator, when I wrote stuff, you know, I would sit there and I would draw out, you know, each, yeah. each sort of panel and frame and go, okay, yeah, that's the story I want to tell. And you would kind of then write words down to match what you were drawing. Yeah. If you had to hand those over to somebody to say, hey, here's what this, this is what this is. Do you approve of this? Can I do this? Um, but when you're writing, you know, from blank page, um, yeah. and this is to go off to somebody else, the, the, the challenge is great in the terms of how do you can how do you tell a story that is translatable to someone who has to visually tell the story without yeah. like too much hand holding and not enough not enough hand holding you know yeah. i mean the challenge is as a non-visual storyteller how do i tell a visual story right because the, the goal is for us to tell a visual story and so i need to be thinking visually as much as possible yeah. while also thinking about all the non-visual things right and then and then the art, and then so it's and it's the truth is it the level of hand holding or 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 leeway that you give the artist is just going to depend on the project and on the artist um, themselves. Yeah. And each artist is gonna is gonna change things and for the better, almost always for the better. And you and it's our job to kind of adapt to that, I think. And so, my, I, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's you have something in your head and you want it to be like in your head and mm -hmm. um and you can find artists that can give you something that's basically this almost exactly the same, but even better. And that's amazing. But then I've worked, but then I uh, like on 20th century men, you know, Stepan, who's the, who's the artist on this book, he'll often change things pretty dramatically. And at first that uh, I, it was, uh, it was a, uh, it, it put me on my back foot because mm -hmm. not because he wasn't right, because what he was doing was he was, he was telling the story the way it needed to be told visually to make it the right. most visually compelling and visually clear version of what i wrote as possible but for me it, it put me on my back foot at first because of purely of a lack of confidence in myself of being able to get something great out of myself in response to that but what i mm -hmm. but what i found was that i actually because he had put all this work into making it you know so coherent and beautiful and, and flowy and perfect in a, in a visual thing i'm inspired by the work that he does to then put out something that was way better than what i had previously written you know so totally. this book is a this book in particular is a real collaborative experience of you know like i'm writing very detailed scripts he's taking those scripts and sometimes he follows them pretty much panel for panel but sometimes he changes them dramatically and then whatever happens whether it's true whether it's very similar to what i originally wrote or not i look at the pages uh as if they're a new thing and i try mm -hmm. to re rewrite them for this new thing it's such an interesting thing that the 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 crazy sort of like handoff collaboration of comic books because yeah. you know an artist and, an, and a writer can have a lot of phone calls and yeah. emails and text chains going on but then like when the you know when the words are handed over you know for the pictures like it there is a sort of like you know trust fall factor that happens yeah. and you kind of like go all right and like you know like you had that moment like where you you mentioned like about the um you know the page maybe the pages being laid out differently or the sequence not happening the way you had put it down on paper and words yeah. and it's like going back to that that sort of that argument sort of point of view like you you know you, you could get angry yeah. but the anger may be like oh maybe i just didn't make this clear enough or like yeah you know, i was wrong it's better yeah. Now I got to be angry. Am I angry that it's better? You know, like, yeah. like what is like what is that sort yeah. of like that kind of thing? And I think like I love it. I love getting something back that's different and an improvement because yeah. it allows me to kind of like reimagine what's happening. Yes. And use and use the words that I have available. You know, whether it's dialogue or narration, to improve what's already been improved. Like you just keep kind of building up this exactly. layers of like. And you end up going to a place that the end result ends up being better than either of you could have possibly done on your own. Sure. It's something, something, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan of my own work. I'm, I'm a pretty big critic of my own work and mm. I, I'm always trying to get better. But I mean, 20th century, when I read something like 20th century, man, I really feel like, oh yeah, I don't know how this happened kind of, you know, right. like, I don't know how, this end result happened. It, it seems somehow beyond, it certainly seems beyond me. And I think um, Stepan feels the same way that it feels kind of beyond him and we don't really understand, you know, we're proud of it. We're super proud of this, I guess is what I'm saying. And, yeah. and, um, and, we, it, but, and that's a great feeling of like, we stepped a little bit beyond ourselves somehow. We stepped outside of ourselves to, to create. And I think, you know, the best art, the best collaborative art is like that where you're all coming together and all of your strengths um, are adding up and all of your weaknesses are compensated for. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, having a great team 
on any comic book is like that. And yeah, it's like a great band, you know? Exactly. It's very intimate, like exactly like a band. It's yeah. exactly like a band. It, much more so, I think, and that's the appeal over something like television or film for me uh, as a writer. It was, it's just that, you know, I'm heavily represented on the page and the relationship is very intimate with my, with my collaborators. And so, yeah. you know, I have, um, and I don't, you wouldn't get that so much in TV and film. It's just, there's just too many people. No, I mean, although I guess a, 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 just a, one of those sort of like, you know, it'd be so fun to work in a writer's room for a while. Like, yeah. I think it would be such a joy just to be constantly like bing, 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 totally. knocking things out to kind of like, you know, all right, what about, what about this? What about that? You know, of course, I would be the slowest typist in the, in that writer's room. And that would make me really upset with myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. So how, like... Like I'm very clear on how <laughs> uh, low of a form of art my 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 mother considered comic books. Yeah. Um. Who was you know bringing me to Kandinsky shows when I'm like you know yeah. four years old and you know at at you know at the modern. So like awesome. yeah. So like all that stuff really does like settle in you know. Yeah. And, and, but I was also really really conscious of like she just like. <laughs> did not dig comic books and that's all i cared about as a kid um same same with my parents it was yeah it was, well, uh, i was not allowed to read it i was not yeah, allowed okay, to read yeah. Comics. yeah so like um like how like so i mean like they, oh god there's so there's so many sort of angles we can, we can go this let's just, let's just be really pedantic first and go okay well what were the things like what grabbed you about comic books when you were young and yeah like how old were you and then like what was it yeah, I think it was for me at, at first. It was really just the one. It was the the fan, the power fantasy of it. You know, I was a sure. I was a, a lonely kind of. Uh, I, I'm an only child. I was a, a the the child of two immigrants, so I didn't really understand. Uh, I didn't really understand people that very Americans that well because you know there's just all of these in these these things that you naturally learn about how to interact with people that were because of how I was raised. I didn't naturally learn those things. I had to, you know, the way that I interacted with my parents and what was normal and what was acceptable was not really necessarily the what was true when I went to school the first there were time. Two, like there were two of you. Yeah, exactly. And so a lot, I spent a lot of time, I, you know, kind of isolated, not in a mean way, like not kids treated me poorly no, or anything no. like that. Just like you're standing on the other side of the glass and you're pressing your face on the glass and you don't understand how they got on the other side of the glass. You know right. what I mean? And yeah. it's, it's there. It wasn't that people treated me poorly or anything like that. I just I feel compelled to mention that because I think a lot of people have that kind of like you're bullied. And no, it was just there was just a distance, and I felt comics um, represented that for you know in a in a big way. You know, Superman, especially Superman, was one person and then another person, and mm -hmm. I, that kind of that duality. Batman was one person and another person made a lot of you know made me made a lot of sense to me. I think. Um, yeah. And so I, it was even before comics, it was the cartoons, the Batman cartoons, the Superman cartoons. Um, I, I love that stuff even before I was able to read the comics, the superhero right. stuff. And then, and then I, uh, you know, I just, uh, I, I, so I kept, I kept loving it um, and would sneak buying my own comics as much as possible while at the same time real, kind of being ashamed of it because I knew that my parents hated it. And at the time it also wasn't cool for kids to like, um, like it wasn't cool right. for, for people in their teens to like comics it wasn't something that i would tell anyone nobody knew that i liked comics in high school right where i was high school i was i was starting to figure out how to 
like get people to like me, but I was very much keeping that, uh, you know, secret of, about gotcha. myself. And um, and so, but I was but I was very intensely into them at the same time, right? Like because mm -hmm. I, I was I was going home and I was reading them constantly. Um, and so it was really just as a fan, I was really just enjoying them. I guess for that that simple fantasy stuff, and then and then I um, I be, I became very into Grant. I would we would go to Barnes and Nobles a lot. My parents would let me go to Barnes and Nobles and just stay there for like six, seven, eight hours to read. Okay. Yes. Speaking of, uh, we were talking earlier about Starbucks being a third place. Right. Barnes and Nobles was kind of that third place. You know, on a Saturday, I would just go to Barnes. My mom would drop me off, and I would get to be there for eight to ten hours just to read on the couches. Yeah. And um, and there I discovered um, Grant Morrison's Justice League, which was huge for me. That was, and I didn't really even understand that. I thought I thought what I liked was the was the Justice League, and then I but I realized certain volumes I seemed to be liking more than others, and um, and it was all the Grant Morrison stuff. So. Then with my own money, I went and bought all of the Grant Morrison stuff and realized, oh, you know, realizing in a deep way that creators matter a lot to what I'm yes. enjoying. And, and that specifically, you know, the Howard Porter drawn issues are the ones that I like the best. I'm in Howard. Yes. You know, like I and I and I, you know, I I would take those issues and I would take tracing paper and I would trace the characters and oh, try, yeah. to make, try to make my own comics. And I think I mentioned that once to Howard uh, like online and he was he was so nice and generous about it he was just like that's the you know that's the greatest compliment you can pay an artist i used to do exactly the same thing oh you know, yeah. with my favorites you know so howard is the nicest nicest guy for He's a legend best. and for He's a legend who's been doing this forever and a genius and i mean his his life story is incredible like the yeah. losing his ability to draw with one hand and then learning to draw with the other yeah uh, no, 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 Howard, Howard's, Howard's amazing. I, 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 maybe one day I'll get him on the show and we'll talk because I mean, I met Howard when he was, I think he was still in college. Um, oh my God, really? Yeah. As he was either it's still in college or just got out and just started doing the Ray. Like it was a great, the Ray. I was just going to mention the Ray. Yeah. That was great. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, we, we had, we, uh, yeah, we met at the, we met at this, um, comic convention in oh god am i blanking it's just it's like right right below oh i want to say it's right below the 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 tappan zee bridge okay. but there's a there's a high school up there that has a has a comic book club and every year they would have a convention in in i don't know when they had it so like we like i i show up they asked me like i was at the new york comic con before it was the New York Comic Con uh, wow. back in the nineties, and the guys like, "Hey, would you come up to our show?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure, no problem." So I go up, and like it was the nicest thing. They gave us food and all this stuff. Like they're still doing it. Like somebody put, really? they gave everybody this last year, a uh, like a um, a ceramic coffee mug, like but with the logo of the comic convention on it, but like not like one that you order like from like swag.com. Like it yeah, was like yeah. handmade and. Wow. Um, so I roll into this place, get my table, and this guy, this young guy sitting next to me, and it's Howard. And like we like total, you know, just had the best time together. And it was like the nicest convention. And I met like like a, you know, a lifelong friend from just going to this this small little high yeah. school convention, which they're still doing. And you know, God bless that's comics. Awesome. Right? Yeah. That's He's so cool that you that you know Howard that well. That's that's amazing. I don't know him oh, at all. Yeah. To be clear. I'm just oh yeah. Oh no no. But. He's he he's he's the he's he's the greatest. Um, the humblest and the greatest. Like yeah. I, it's you know. He's got yeah. this modern Kirby. His work has this modern Kirby thing for me that it's just like, it's so powerful <laughs> and dynamic. 
yeah um you know that i just i can't get enough of it his work today is is better than his work before you know yeah. which is which is an amazing thing as an artist i think he's um, crazy he's crazy good and he yeah i mean it, it's you know yeah he deserves every every bit of attention that everyone gives him but don't bother him too much because yeah. he's a guy, guy so um <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. and he's funny probably probably one of the funniest people i know just, really that's just well, that's lovely to hear yeah hysterical just the driest funniest sense of humor that uh, it, he's, he's brilliant um so yeah but the, so but what you said which is super super important aside from howard being great uh, <laughs> is it's the rec it's that recognizing these talents these individual talents not that like oh this is an amazing comic book i love comic books it's when you start recognizing these individual talents yes and 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 i guess maybe like the question gets popped in your head if if you sort of pursue this stuff in life you go how how did yes. somebody how many how did someone do this how did they get to that like what was the what were the things and like like for me, I was always a big on forensically dis disassembling. Yes, like 100%. yeah, like how is this done? And and I think even you know on storytelling and on writing, like you just look at something and you go, okay, well, what do I do? How does this? How did they get to this point? Um, yeah, it's 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 a job. So like, I mean, but you, you were doing that. You were taking things apart. Yeah. I think I was doing that from a young age in a kind of a in a in a you know. A more childish way of just taking, mm -hmm. you know, tracing, tracing bits and trying to create my own comics from the bits that I was tracing. And then as I got older, I would take the the pieces of work that I really loved, and then I would really just intellectually try to break down what was going on, like what right. was really effective about this, like why did it work? And I would I would write that stuff and put it online in a blog that is thankfully long erased. You know, when I was uh, it's when never I was, gone. It's <laughs> never gone. It's never gone. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I was doing that a little bit. I was doing a little bit of that in college, um, a little bit of that in high school. And so it was like, that was, that was all I was doing. And that was good enough for me. It was just kind of like the, the annotations for, for a new Grant Morrison book, you know, right. or, uh, or the, or just, you know, taking apart and, and, you know, taking apart the craft of this and just why, what is this, what is this creator doing? That's so effective. What is, what is happening with a, a Brian K. Vaughn book, you know, that is, that is working, you know, especially mm -hmm. Brian K. Vaughn, because he's so religious about um, about his structure. Uh, the uses kind of, a, especially on something like Why the Last Man, every issue kind of had the same structure, but it was always working. Mm -hmm. um, and so that that was really interesting to me. And so I would take those things apart. And I think the best I think the best creators are are the ones who do that. You know, um, I know Paul Levitz learned how to uh, to write. He said by taking apart old Roy Thomas uh, uh, Avengers issues. And I know that. Uh, Matt Fraction, who's who's still, yeah. a, you know, genius and still pushing yeah. pushing things forward constantly. He he used to post um, like one time he posted a takedown uh, a breakdown of a scene in Daredevil: Born Again that mm -hmm. was like very complicated. Uh, you know, it was a very complicated scene that that Miller and Mazzucchelli had had come up with together. And um, and anyway, so so it's like that that process that de that desire to break things down. I think which is which is uh not just for storytelling it's you know for science and it's for all kind of all uh, something that i was taught to do i think from a yeah. young age and so and then also learn to do to try to figure out how to in, you know how to get in past that press glass of human interaction in the united states um 
all yep. of that kind of all all those things are kind of the same thing i think they're all the same impulse um they all come from the same impulse and so they've all kind of fed into each other uh over the years i think and and have allowed me to you know with it's, no formal training become a comic book writer which you don't right. need any formal training training but it's it's all it has been one one process it has not felt like a complete shifting of gears sure and like what like, like what was your first um i guess experience with seeing a comic script yeah uh i i went I, again it was grant morrison stuff i was just such okay. a huge fan of and, and alan moore i was such a huge fan of, of those two creators and i still am a huge fan of those two creators that i went online and i would i would get the kind of i guess you call it the errata the the extra stuff from i wanted to see how alan moore made the things that he made like right. because they're amazing that he was a part of making because they're they're amazing and then i saw that and I, and and that again i'm not i'm no alan moore i'll never be an alan moore and my scripts don't look like alan moore scripts but uh but you could, but just seeing the language that he was using and what you could do, how specific you could get, and the way that he would say, "Well, use we're going to use this shot for this because it's going to create this effect." You know, that was really powerful to see somebody saying that in a script for me. Oh, that's you can do that. You know, or um, and then as time went on, I I saw more and more scripts from friends that were just asked for help editing them, and uh, a friend of mine is named uh, Brett Lewis, and he did a book called. Uh, the winter men i yeah I, I brett and i we went to we went to art college together oh you went to oh so yeah. did you did you um did you study with simonson as well or no so simonson so i was i was at the last jeez, oh, last two maybe year after or two years after um were the um eisner years okay so so a wow. friend, another, wow. another yeah so another college friend of ours who's been on the show, Mike Pennick, if you want to catch his episode from however many, how long ago, Mike, um, something. so Mike heard that you could get a, um, I don't know what, you know, like an arts a, degree, like a, well, no, you could, you could get, you could get the school would, would basically let you have a person come in and sort of be like a special teacher to you for your senior oh, yeah. Like an advisor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like a mentor kind, yeah. of, kind of art mentor thing, and Mike misinterpreted it like the what it was and thought that it, you could just get anybody. So he was <laughs> like, "Okay, well, I'm going to get Walt Simonson." So he reached out to Walt Simonson, and Walt's like, "Yeah, I guess so. That sounds pretty good." And then the school's like, "No, no, no. It has to be somebody within the, yeah. the, the school. You know, the, the, within the school." And but Walter being Walter was super cool and sort of like nicely, you know, kind of like kept in touch with Mike and, you know, would give Mike feedback and et cetera. That's so amazing. Forth. Walt is such a sweetheart. Yeah. That was the intro. So yeah. within the wow. year, two, Will is like, hey, I'm, you know, because like, because Mike isn't a pushover. He was sort of like, he lobbied, he fought the school saying, no, 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 this is the guy I want because he's, the greatest comic book guy doing comics now yeah and they were like no 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 it has to be someone in the school so he, so mike didn't get what he wanted but what happened was the school i i, I grilled walter about this like at, at a at a at um Char at charlotte uh, a couple months ago and and so the school eventually reached back out to him and said hey would you be interested in coming and teaching at the school so that's, that's awesome. so that's a so brett 
along with Kevin McCarthy and a bunch of other really amazing people. JP Leong, John Paul Leong. Yeah, like I mean, John. Like I'm gonna sit here and tell you stories. I was gonna say I I don't want to I don't want to make this any more about me. Like you, this is way more interesting to me. Your life has been way more interesting. You were you were there when Eisner was there. You know. know, Yeah. So so anyway. So so as a result, Brett was was fortunate enough to be in the school sort of with the with the sort of the old vanguard of the SVA um, teaching, you know, Illuminati. And then it shifted over to Walter and um, that really great writer who wrote on um, Justice League in the 90s. Like it was just all these great people like kind of shifted and Denny O'Neill I think was involved with the school. It was a beautiful kind of transition. And yeah, so, you know, Demattis maybe or something, yeah. Maybe. Oh, anyway, wait, yeah. It was my. my it was Demattis. Yeah, it was Demattis. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, yeah. So I mean, seeing Brett's Brett's attention to the details of yes. how a script can be formatted and how dialogue, how he's playing with the punctuation and the and uh, you know and the language as well. That was a huge influence for me too. Just to know what was possible, what you could do. I think that's. I. Th- I mean, I guess that's one of the sad things about comics not having a. Uh, a, an actual pi- or a traditional pipeline is that you don't get those kinds of mentorships unless you, I mean, unless you are lucky enough to, to, sure. to seek them out or to meet those people and to have them invest in you. That, that can be, I mean, that was for me very valuable seeing the Alan Moore scripts, not that I know him personally, but seeing the Alan Moore scripts, the Grant Morrison scripts the, and, and the Brett scripts, just all that, seeing all that stuff. And you can, luckily you can find those online. You can download them. I, I think you're totally yeah. good to just, pirate that stuff if I know find it. it's yeah and I mean I think you know and no more so is it like how much how fruitful is it now like if you think about it like you can get your hands on so many scripts right now and yeah. you can actually look at the comic book and look at the script and say okay here's here's exactly. where we are from this to this like that the 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 information that you can yes. like autodidactically like hunt down and yeah. bring into your into your process is unbelievable um yeah and especially i i mean i i want to especially plug the more scripts not because people should be writing you know 10 pages to describe one page but because (laughs) but because there's so much there that you can pick and choose the things that you know again it's the language and the right the the choices that that he's making it's like okay great i now i'm i'm seeing all the ways that you can describe a thing you know what i mean and that's powerful because even though my version is going to be just a few sentences for the panel like i can i know that i can say you know an upshot from this blah blah blah. like the the there's so much there that you can you can absorb what you want and leave the rest behind and it's just you know the more you can read and the more you can see how one can describe something the you know the better off you're going to be so i just it's you know it's it's funny. I was having a discussion about a, a certain uh, brilliant comic artist with a with with a with a friend uh, today, and the interesting thing is is that like I think I, I I think people like more I think more might I mean I don't know but I think he might be you know on that level of genius like as as a thinker yes and I think like it's really tough even if they're capable of explaining it to people. Like genius is its own thing in the relative yeah. terms of where they go. I don't understand why you can't just see it as I see it. Because yeah. they see they consider it simple. Like there's this yeah. Yeah. Uh, the artist I'm thinking of, 
is a genius and sees things, sees what they do as so simple. Yes. And they're capable of defining and describing every single sort of process of it. But, you know, and it's like I, I was relaying something, you know, like, oh, this kid, <laughs> weirdest thing I was doing free comic book day. And this kid asked me to draw John Wayne, 11 year old boy asked me to draw John Wayne in 2019 or 20 or whatever, maybe earlier. And I'm like, how does a kid even know John Wayne exists? Yeah. And like this artist, like whatever, like big nose, big hat. I'm like, <laughs> for you, that's the answer. You know, yeah. and what you'll do will be the perfect thing. But for me, that's not the answer. Like yeah, it, it's, totally. you know, but like you can break down all the elements of what are important in visual storytelling and be yeah. able to be able to list them as a level of importance and do it. And you, and they, I, I mean, some of it is natural genius and some of it's that they've taught themselves to think sure. in a certain way. And it's yeah. like, after a while, you've taught yourself to think for so long that you forget that you've taught yourself to think that way. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just like, no, you just see things in these terms. And it's an artist sees things in a way that I can't imagine like that, that, you know, the, yeah, exactly. The big nose, big hat thing. It's like, that's yeah. uh that's, that's a wild, that's wild. That's a wild simplification that, yeah. but there's a, such clarity to that. I know, you know, right. it's, 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 it's this abstract thinking, like it, it's being able to abstract something. So yeah. it's like, it's like design. So it's taking something and turning it into design. Like I'm taking a human being and I'm turning them into design. So the abstract is big hat, big nose. Totally. And then on top of that, then there's all this craft that you can let you you can employ to exactly. then define those things to make them have whatever value you need you you determine yes. that's going to be there. And I think the same you know, and the same goes with writing. You know, because yeah. like I mean, when you're sitting and you're writing, you go, oh, okay, like I'm sitting here, and I need to I need to either describe something or I you know or I need to you know, hey, what's what does what does this character want and what does this character want and yeah. how are we going and like. You don't, and you don't want to do like, I want this. Well, I don't want you to have that because I want this. Well, I don't like, that's not it. You have two separate conversations going on. Like this person isn't answering this person's question. They're asking their own question. Exactly. Somehow get to that, that end point sooner and with more color and sort of clarity rather than being like plotting. This is what I want. I mean, yeah, I don't think any, uh, like what you're right is everyone has, everyone wants something and everyone needs to want something, but I don't really necessarily think in those terms so much because i don't think in those terms as a person always like this is what i want like when i'm talking to my wife and we're arguing about something i'm not thinking like well this is definitely what i want i had there's a bunch of illusions about what i think i want and what you know and what we're actually talking about and like sure and and so it's it's like i don't think though you that stuff has to be embedded and like you at this point i I think it is kind of just naturally embedded in my work and and but and then at the end you check it but like you know, to your point, like we've got, I've gone so far, I guess, in the process of writing and learning to write that it, you're no longer thinking about those basic things anymore. Whereas before that was a really profound thing that I needed to think about, you know, mm-hmm. and I think of, you know, if you're a, if you're a tennis star, you're, you're not thinking about every bit of your, every moment of your serve, no, right? You if you do, move. yeah. And if you do, you're, you're, you're screwed, right? Like yeah. if you do start thinking about every single thing, then you lose the fluidity of it, you know? I used to what I used to do with with uh, with tennis, um, with fly fishing and, and even throwing a ball, I would do it with my opposite hand. Oh, that's awesome. So because I would have to think out the mechanics and try to figure it all out. Yeah. So I've always kind of applied that to however I try to learn things. It's not that I sit in this situation like Howard, you know, teaching himself to draw with his left hand. 
but it's a matter of like, how do you, what, what are the steps that you need to do to get to the thing that you, that you are doing with very little thought, but there yeah. are might be mistakes in those steps. And exactly. so figuring it out with the left hand is like, all it's doing is it's saying, these are all the mistakes. Yeah. And so you then like, go, okay, how do I kind of, you know, work out this thing? And then that makes the, the sort of the natural hand have yeah. more of a, more of an effective approach. That's how I was able to do it. Yeah. Um, what so what was the first thing you put down on the script like what uh, was the first thing you said like oh i'm gonna write this uh i want it's hard for me to yeah it's hard for me to remember the exact first thing i think there was i did i did a bunch uh i did a few shorts oh yeah okay i do remember the the first thing it was um it was a not a good it was not a good story about uh like a guy who goes into a kind of a, a an imaginary realm where it's like the or it's like the shared human consciousness and he's trying to create like a revolution in okay. that in that in that realm that will that will then be uh felt in the external world so it's okay. you know it's kind of a very grant morrisony idea i think and and pretty transparently uh <laughs> pretty, pretty pretty transparently so nothing ever happened with that thank thankfully uh, right. i was super proud of it at the time and you know it's unreadable did you course. do anything with it i guess i guess I mean, was this something you did and then secreted away? Was this something? Yeah, you this was this was something I did and then was like, uh, but then I just I didn't have any way to make to produce it really, and, and it was okay. still so early in the process that like I didn't understand how to reach out to artists and I didn't have any relationships with artists and you know all these other things and so nothing ever happened with that. That was um, that was actually while I was in in um, I think that was while I was in med school. Okay, was, was I wrote that one time and I you know I was exhausted, but it was just something I thought sure. I, I needed to do. Um, and then so, so nothing happened with that. And then eventually I started producing or started making or writing a few shorts. And I remember I wrote one called murder one, which was about like, um, uh, Cain as a character, like the, the biblical Cain as a character yeah. throughout history. And I remember putting that online and, and Phil Hester, um, the artist, Phil Hester, yep. uh, who just happened to see it was like, Hey, Hey, there's some really good stuff in here. Can I give you some? Uh, some, this was a comic book that was like actually made, like a, it was a 10 page comic that was actually made. Right. And he was like, can I give you some pointers? And then he went at it hard with a, with a, with a red line, with a red marker. And it was amazing. Like no one yeah. had ever done that for me before. Um, and it was just, it was just, I was, I'm, su I, I'm still super touched by that sure. because I was just a random person on Twitter, you know, um, and, and that he took the time to read it, but then also to kind of rip it apart was just an amazing thing for me. And then, uh, and then I, uh, then after that, after one, I think that was the one 10 page thing that I actually got made. Um, and then I, uh, and then I wrote, I applied to something called the Miller World Talent Hunt, which is Mark, okay. uh, a sh very short lived thing that Mark Miller did, um, uh, where he would, he would invite people to write, uh, scripts, uh, short scripts for his characters and he would pick the best script for each of the, you know, each of the offered characters. So I think each year there was five characters that were allowed. And I wrote one for um, Starlight, uh, yeah. the character Starlight, which was, which he did with Goran, Goran Parlov, uh, which is like kind of a Flash Gordon meets uh, Dark Knight. Yeah, it was, that was a great, I loved that thing. That was great. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was one of my favorites too. And so I wrote a five page uh, script for that. And that won the Miller World, the first year of the Miller World Talent Hunt. There was only two years total. So I was very lucky to get in there. And um, and so that was the first my first published published work was actually through Image Comics. That's um, so interesting. Okay. Yeah, 
And, uh, and so that was really cool. And then I did, um, uh, after that, I did a book called Maxwell's Demons at Vault Comics when Vault, uh, Vault was still early. Yep. Um, and yeah. that, that was super, that was my first thing. And that was, that was probably the first thing that, that was representative of, of who I was as a writer, I felt like where I found my, found my voice, which was not to say that it's my voice now. It's still very uh, early version of me, but it was a lot of my interests and a lot of my, uh, you know, a lot of my feelings went into that book and, and every issue was standalone. Um, with, it was told, it was, it's the story of a, of a young genius, young boy who turns out to be the world's greatest supervillain. And, mm -hmm. um, and so told from his perspective. So you don't really know that until the end. And that you, you can kind of see a lot of the DNA of my, of my work in there, which is that I like density. I like each issue, if not standing alone, as in, you know, nothing continues being like being a meaty piece of story, having its own beginning, middle and end. Um, you know, that, that, that book was the, was for a while, my only, uh, big published work. And then, uh, I took a couple of years where I was just kind of uh, unsuccessfully working on stuff and unsuccessfully pitching it and yeah. and work and working on my writing, which was I look at that as as an extremely important and valuable period in my life where I was um, woodshedding. What's that? You were woodshedding. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was woodshedding, yeah. and I was without the without the pressures of a deadline and without the pressures of what the audience is going to yeah. think. You know, just making and but still working with artists. So. You know, I have a book, Agent of World, that's just coming out now, but we've been working on that book um, for, there, there you go. There you go. Uh, we've been back. working on that book for six years or something. I'm not good at this. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Um, and, and so we've been working, so we've been working on that for a long time and working on that book and then eventually 20th Century Men in this time where, again, I, I can't say enough how valuable it is to be free. I think, especially in comics, there's all kinds of perverse incentives for the kind of work um, that we're supposed to put out and mm -hmm. to make disposable work and to make uh, to not to not work work that make work that's too transgressive or that's too different. Because you know, um, even when as 20th Century Men has come out, we've been blessed with a lot of really great reviews. But also, uh, I saw a number of people saying like, "Oh, there's too many words in this. I just can't read this." And and I. And I think if I had been a little younger or earlier and I'd gotten that kind of feedback, it would have really hit me harder and, and made me write, you know, to what, to what, you know, more, maybe the broader audience would want. But right. I, I have been, but because I've been so kind of outside of the, the incentive structure of comics for a while now, I've, I think my work is getting kind of weirder, but more specific and better and, and just more original as yeah. a result. Did you, when you did the Miller World, World thing, I mean, was was there editorial response? Like when you did this, like were, did they take your script and did they say, hey, can we, you know, would you do, you know, I mean, was there a sort of a feedback or was yeah. it? Yeah, from okay. Mark, Mark, uh, yes, and very simple feedback. So Mark has a rule, had a rule that the first page could not have more than four panels in it. Okay. And, and if you look at his work, I think you can see now that that's actually a rule that he, that he puts forth almost. It's a max. What's that? Yeah, it's a exactly. It's a rule that he kind of adheres to, though, almost for every page of his work. Yeah. And so you can see that that is somebody who, you know, they feel that they figured out a way that comics works um, and th that works best. And I, you know, and he's able to do a lot with that, with, with yeah. those four panels. So he, each one of those panels is carefully chosen as a result. And I think it's a fast reading experience for a lot of people, but it's also there's a, a certain clarity there. Yeah. Um, and so, so that was the only, so that was the only uh, feedback I got, though, was, your first, your first page has 
six panels. It has to have four panels. Okay. That's it. Everything else. I had, I had known what his work was like. And so I intentionally left it three panel pages for most of it because I knew, because I was, I was marketing it towards an audience of one essentially right. in that script. It's, I mean, I think it's such a, it's such a powerful opportunity, like, and like, you know, anybody who's making anything like work with, get, you know, get to work with an edit editor as quickly as you can. Yeah. Like, because you, what you want, I mean, because while it's great to work with another artist or a writer or whatever sort of, you know, discipline you're working in, it's having a person, person who's a little bit outside of the actual creation of the project, who has a little bit more of a totally. omniscient eye on the work is so helpful. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's, that can be another, another writer who's not involved in the work sure. at all. So, yeah. so I have a friend, uh, one of my best friends in the industry, his name is uh, W. Maxwell Prince. He does a book called Ice Cream Man. And, um, and you know, he'll sometimes uh, review my writing and, and edit my writing. And he's, he's such a, he's just such an incredible writer. He has, though he has that skill set because he has yeah. been an editor before. And so, you know, working with an editor who really gets it and under, an editor who whose goal is not to produce a product, but is to make to understand your goal and to help you get there that much, you know, more efficiently, that much better, mm -hmm. uh, that much clearer. I think is is has been amazing. It's an amazing thing, and it's you know it can be hard to find when you're first starting out. In, in for, oh, for sure. And that's I mean that's why I'm just saying like you know the sooner you can get your hands totally. you, know, you know messy with an editor, you know, and you know you touch on something that I find is so such a curiosity to me because like, you know, before getting into business, you know, it was, you know, you're, I, I was in school. So we were all just about talking about making comics and, you know, sharing all our ideas with one another. But I found like the, the comic industry on the creating and was very insular in that sense. Yeah. And then as I've been writing novels, I find that novelists are really, really interested in, reading and talking about what you're working on like so you have your alpha readers you have your beta readers there's all these sort of layers yeah. of people reading your stuff giving you feedback along with an editorial and an agent you know yeah. there's so many people reading your book giving feedback um but in the comic industry like i i, yeah. I like it's like everyone's playing poker and holding these cards real close to their their vest and i go like yeah. why are we not so sort of like all right, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm doing. Like, what do you think? What do you think? Am I right direction? You know, and yeah. running with it. Well, I uh, think scripts are not always very fun to read. Is the thing, and so yeah. like a lot of what you're, you know, at a, at the point where a comic book has been made, it's kind of like, why am I going to ask the artist to redraw a bunch of stuff because I, sure. I wrote it poorly? So that's the that's the fun part to read is the comic, and then the script can be, you know, a little utilitarian a lot of the times. It's not always the most fun thing to read. So it's just who has the time to read my scripts. Yeah. You know, not, there's not that many people, uh, you know, that unless you have this kind of mentor mentee relationship that we've been talking yeah. about, but no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think we would benefit hugely from more eyes on it. And with, especially with something like uh 20th century men, you know, I made, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, a lot of that Russians are reading my, the work because there is quite a lot of cultural stuff there, uh, you know, totally. that, that, well, I mean, you know, like Brett, I mean, Brett had, Brett did his, yes. did his he did his homework. He did not just run into that, you know, and go, here's what I'm doing. You yes. know, he had, he was a person that that's a great example of here's somebody who was like, he did his homework. And then he also had, you know, like you said, beta readers, alpha readers, like all these people reading his scripts to make sure that it was okay. And reading the final comic book 
to make sure it was okay and then changing the lettering a trillion times yeah you know and, and I, he said he his letterer almost killed him you know because he well wouldn't. his artist almost killed him his letter yeah yeah, almost, exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's uh, you know and you know i mean brett 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 has you know he has ideas and he wants he wants to see them you know all the way through he's so um, specific he's mm -hmm. his, his idea like his idea of how this is supposed to be is so i i admire that so much because i don't always have that kind of a that kind of a it has to be this way feeling about things you know and i think that clarity is amazing i don't oh, you know I, I, yeah i mean it's it's it is it is so admirable um when there are artists like that you know it's infuriating yeah. because they exactly can be, it could be it could be exhausting but the idea that like you know like my my wife is an artist and so like when like she's like okay i want to do it this way and i'm like well you we could also do it and like she's like no it's got to be this way yeah. and like like come on you know yeah. like i yeah. mean you know because I, I come from the world of you know of design where we like listen we have to we've got to figure this out as you know as a, as a group and we've got to yes. work this thing through and this because the inherent difference is that the, the design has to work for everybody that piece of artwork only has to work for her yeah it doesn't totally. have to work for anybody yeah. else so yeah. I think yeah. that's so in, me and my wife have a very similar dynamic where I'm kind of like the the diplomat and the you know the the bridge builder the um the, the consensus maker almost to a fault you know sometimes it can be sure. bad because uh, and my wife is much more like she's happy to be the iconoclast she's happy to stand up against everybody else and say no you're wrong I'm yeah. right like yeah. if this is 100 and and again all, sometimes to a fault it's it, there's there's a good balance. I think having a, a couple, there's a good balance there because it's like I can I can bend over a little too easily to, sure. to you know to things that that I shouldn't, and she can be a little too rigid, and so it's yeah. like you know. So you're saying the only child of two immigrant parents <laughs> is the bridge builder in a third country, huh? Right. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. they argued a lot, right? Yeah. yeah, they argued a lot. So it's like yeah, two uh, two two parents from two different countries that are total opposites in yeah. culture in the One, yeah yeah totally opposites yeah. what they expressed. so it was it was yes it was it is almost comically cliche i think how i turned out as a person yeah. i mean we are, we are products of our environment and i think yes. you're, and i think i think this but like <clears throat> your stories are that way as well and in, in the in the sense that like from the point from your point of view i mean this is the, the you're you're a multicultural individual yeah and your stories are all very much in that in that vein um that i that yeah. i've read and i yeah. think it's it's you know it's 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 that hanging out in new york city for an hour you know yeah, like, totally. like it is it is it is what it is going to be um yeah i think like, and I, I think as i've gone forward to and something that comes from um from just my experiences is is the 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 realization that that people are infinitely deep and infinitely beautiful if you can see them the way that they see themselves you know sure. i think everybody sees themselves and in a certain way and loves themselves because you have to otherwise you'll kill yourself right so so if you can see people the way that they see themselves however it appears on the outside you know if you can have that kind of cognitive empathy you can you can discover that every every single person no matter how strange or mean they seem is beautiful in some kind of a way yeah. and, and yeah no it is and it's the the difference that you know their their weaknesses or their differences in expressing it you know are, are one thing but but usually people you know fundamentally they're cooperative and they're and they're lovely and and i i try to put that into my work like if you can if you can go deep into a person you'll see that there's no such thing as a villain there's no such you know there's no such thing as a hero either everyone right. no i mean like i mean like there there's a 
huge level of moral ambiguity in like so if, you know read you know reading you know you know bloodshot and reading 20th century and reading you know agents of the world like there's a massive level of ambiguity with your protagonists and yeah. so this is not this is not a sort of a clear cut like i mean the clearest in the, and they're all coming from their point of view like you know like yeah. it's yeah. point of view like listen everybody in the story is the hero of their of their own story yeah and you know they're all like, just they're all justified right like everyone's sure. justified for sure and it's like you know so like like thinking about like the bloodshot you know the bloodshot story um like like was that work for hire or is that something you yeah both of them okay because so, I, I i i guess it was work for hire reading the other ones i'm like oh like how like so i'm kind of curious how you approach that yeah because you know the other two clearly are like creations of your own sort of like persona and yeah. like this one is sort of now were you a fan of bloodshot like previous no, to that or was it a I've, recent thing i yeah i've read some stuff from bloodshot i wouldn't call yeah. myself a fan but like certain certain runs you know the the lemire run was pretty popular and so i mm -hmm. I, I dabbled in that and and that was super cool um i wouldn't say i was a fan of bloodshot but i went back and read a lot of the work and there's a lot right. of really cool stuff there it was but it was for me a more a matter of um so i i was i was asked to just pitch for a valiant anything and i pitched mm -hmm. bloodshot but did not expect to get bloodshot because bloodshot is like their batman and so it's like yeah. if dc comes and asks you to as a new writer to pitch something and you say well i'd love to write batman number or whatever like the main batman title they're gonna they're gonna laugh you out of the room right sure. so it's like but i thought okay i'll throw this off because they said they're only they're mostly looking for their main titles main characters right now so okay i'll throw one off bloodshot um it was the super soldiers concept um that he's hunting down these super soldiers and they really hooked into that uh and really liked that and so then i was asked to flesh it out uh into something a little bit more elaborate you know uh issue by issue breakdown and and then stuff occurred to me and then that was when i really started to think about bloodshot as a character i was reading his old work and what what was right. interesting beyond just this kind of this what i thought was a strong but simple um uh, story engine of bloodshots hunting down these these super so these escaped super soldiers yeah. um you know that that is a great way to do a serialized book and i'm yeah, the I procedural it's a procedural exactly i mean it, yeah. it allows you to, to to turn every issue into its own little story and and it's worked so well for for serialized mediums so i thought mm -hmm. that's great but there needs to be more here and so that was really about um looking at what bloodshot is as a character fundamentally and then kind of what interests me about those things and and i kind of hooked into this idea of, of bloodshot as a veteran as kind of a traumatized person yeah. who who doesn't know what's real and doesn't you know doesn't know what's real and doesn't know what's fake yeah, has, has been so yeah so it feels this is a book to me you know this, you know i don't know if you've ever read dispatches michael hers dispatches but like this is um a book about vietnam this is a book about uh of men who have come back from war and you know the the scars that that leaves mm -hmm. um, and, and that allowed me you know all of the super soldiers are that as well they're yes. they're guys who work for the united states government who are altered sometimes dr dramatically for the united states government um you know uh, has give, given up their lives to the united states government and then ultimately imprisoned by the united states government sometimes for a very good reason and um and so so that was my way into the story was okay this is a story about a guy dealing with his wrestling with his demons externally sure. and internally a veteran specifically wrestling with his demons. no and, and it's you know this great thing is, is that you have like okay here's the the um the origin's the same the execution is it, it can be different for yeah. each one of these characters the solution is holistic 
lock them all up. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if this person's never done anything bad and would never do anything bad. Got to lock them up because it's a holistic solution. Yeah. Then you spring them into the world. And then you have how does every single one of these per people handle that situation along with that PTS reaction into the into the their neurochemistry. So now yes. you have this whole kind of thing. And then you get to then you get to sort of put that, you know, you get to prosecute that out into the into the you know into the story world and then let you know, bloodshot engage with each one of these, these, you know, these sort of these scenarios as they come. And it, yeah. as you're talking about, like, it's like, it's like, it's like a variant on Akira in that respect. Yeah, you know? totally. Like it's this interesting sort of like play on power um, and restriction and, you know, an expression, like putting all totally. those together. So and bloodshot yeah. is reflected by these characters and so certain issues can be focused more on the characters and what they've gone through but what they're going through is kind of a reflection of what bloodshot has gone through in, in yep. some kind of way and then other issues they're kind of in the background a little bit more i mean he's fighting them but it's much more about what bloodshot is going through internally so you know issue sure. one is a little bit of a balance but issue two has a lot more bloodshot stuff and then issue four has a lot more of the of the you know the, the i call them spent shells or the escape super weapon story because that was just um you know so it allows you to you know with serialized stuff it can become also pretty repetitive if you're doing a procedural and so i wanted to it allowed me to do a lot of different things i think you know it was it was it was meant to to be kind of a pregnant a pregnant brew or a bunch of different elements that yeah. could make the make each issue feel distinct and different not like you were just reading the same thing again and again yeah, and just like I mean, just like Brian did, you know, and and why? I mean, like if you yeah. if you, you could you, if it's a procedural, well, then you get to really kind of play with the form, you know? Yes, and like, exactly. You know, and and I think that's like I think because I, as I read the first one, I'm like, oh, cool, like he's got this thing laid out where he's got this amount of stuff, and he can kind yeah. of go, you know, in in as long as he wants to, you know, exactly. chasing the storyline, and you can kind of have these sort of you can make them beats, you know, like yes. this this whole and I. You know, and there's going to have to be a bunch of like left turns that are going to come and you're going to go like, there's going to be a lot of moral questions. And meanwhile, yeah. Bloodshot's dealing with this sort of really heavy psychological damage that yeah. is just grinding away, you know, within and, and manifesting. You know, yeah. So it's, yeah, no, it's, it's cool. I mean, like, yeah, I, 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 and, but I mean, it's a great approach. I mean, it's a great sort of, Hey, we're be you're being asked to do something and you're coming up with a solution. And it's like, it's that great, it's the magic of writing when you get the idea. Yeah. You're like, okay, this is cool. And you start putting it down. But when you start writing the idea, well, that's when the other ideas come in that, yes. you know, like, hey, I built the unicycle and I'm, look yeah. at me, I'm going, you know, but then someone, then you're like, oh, wait a minute, a second wheel comes into play. And now you, now you can go exactly. fast. And then the yeah. third wheel comes in and now you have stability, you yeah. know, and a fourth wheel comes in. Now you have performance. Like, I mean, exactly. these things kind of come in and you're able to do that with story. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's really cool. And, uh, and I think there's something kind of cool, like, listen, it's great. man. That's why we love the comic books. It's why we love Spider-Man and all these things Like you as a writer, you know, I mean, you can go and you can read this, you know, stack of history and then you can start teasing out stuff from there exactly go, here we go it's I'm the same it's the same as doing like 20th century men which is heavily rooted in real history right mm -hmm. like but with a fictional history 
it's yes. a, it, and it adds all of this beautiful texture to the work and detail to the work yeah. that you that I might not be able to generate on my own. You know what I mean? For and sure. For sure. That's the greatness of a shared universe. And that's why, like, um, you know, the first issue is just establishing bloodshot. But then the later issues, you know, uh, we have a character, another character from the universe come in or we just have mm -hmm. even a reference to how a big mega corporation, the Harada Corporation, put out this car company, put them out of business right. in, a, in right. a reference to like what happened in the in the 80s and the 90s. Right, know? the and engines, it, right. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like, so it's like, that's just, that is such, I think that adds so much uh, to the work, whether you know that history or not, it makes yeah. it feel like it's a, a, a well, bit it, of a lived in world. Yeah, it, it, it totally does. It, it, it lends, it lends weight to it and, and sort of the sense of history to it. Like you're, yes. I'm reading it and I wouldn't call myself like a super knowledgeable valiant, but I'm like, oh, I like I I could see the touch points. I could feel the touch points, you know, reading this, you know, the issues. So I'm like, yeah, it's it's there. Um, let's I want to talk about 20th Century Men because that one is the the most recent thing that I read. And yeah. it's great, man. Like I'm really, really excited. You know, I, I love I mean on the artwork and the artwork is totally cool because I love how the, your artist is your artist. It's your artist. Um uh, yes, Stefan is mine. We're we're like we are truly like brothers, though. I mean, we have become so close in this, well, in this relationship. The, so. the variety of styles he's pushing yes. to tell the different tales, you know, rather than just relying on like coloring to, you know, set different tone and years and with no. in that fashion, like really pushing himself to to create these yeah. different these different worlds in the time periods. Um, but I'm just I'm so digging so much of what you're you're laying down here. I love love alternate history yeah. so like if you can take time and then you can say okay but this happened yeah. and now this is the reality moving forward and what the crazy thing is is how nicely the real action things in the world do fit in necessarily yeah. these kind of crazier outlandish sort of solutions um yeah it's really it was really interesting to think to just okay uh thinking about like a competition of superpowers, literally making them superpowers. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's what we called it, is the, is the competition of, of superpowers between the Soviet Union and, and the United States. So it just, yeah. it was it was such an obvious- It was, it was so on the a, nose. It was so on the nose as to feel almost reductive and kind You're of like, like, really? Why hasn't anybody done this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and of course people have done it in various ways, but like, I, I am not the first person to do, you know, superheroes and you know, realistic gritty superheroes. But I think in this, Kind of weird political way it, yep. it's pretty rare and um and so it was amazing the you're absolutely right like you know it's amazing that the, the correlations that i found when i was doing the research because this is mm -hmm. by far the most heavily researched thing i've ever done you know there's a, a every issue is represent represents like two or three real like real not like books the histor yeah. historical books on 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 both on the specific conflict the soviet afghan conflict the invasion the on you know afghan culture separately on soviet on soviet culture separately on russian history you know russian literature and so all that's all that stuff is really important to the book and i think it's made it though the, though i have to delete a lot of it from actually being written sure. out uh i feel that you can it's you know it's it's the glacier theory um it's um what's well, uh, world building yeah 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 totally and i think that but that stuff that you delete is somehow still in there you know what I mean? like yeah 
it, it there's the 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 negative space that it leaves from having been yeah. deleted is still in there and i think um you know there's so that stuff is so important uh doing that research is so important but i'm i'm also really proud of of the end result and i think i think as we go it's also the most human thing that i've done which is which is as a writer i think that's really what i'm trying to get towards is is just to make it to put as much humanity on the page as possible mm -hmm. um you know to get as deep deeply into people as possible um yeah. and the, the experience of living and and what i love about sipan changing the art is so much of this book is about point of view and has become a, about point of view because i've seen what he can do with the art but you know it's the point of view is always shift is going to always be shifting um, and it has already even in the first issue you can see it has been shifting but yeah. we're going to have more and more characters uh come in and and i want you to see the world the way that they see the world which is different from the way that say somebody like the president of the united states or the you know the de facto leader of the 40th army of the soviet union uh, sees the world. You know, those right. people see the world one way, and then a reporter on the ground is going to see the world another way, and then you know, an, an Afghan activist is going to see the world another way, and mm -hmm. all of those people are going to be represented in the story, and I, I and all of them need to have their own voice and need to have their own take on the same set of uh, events. You know, I mean, how how long is it, how long of a arc are you are you putting you putting it's up six, there? It's six. Oh, it's only six issues, okay. um, but each issue is wildly oversized. Yeah, they, no, it's it's it's. You hear that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is so. That's forty. That one is thirty-seven story pages. Yeah. Uh, the next issue is something like forty-four story pages. The next issue after that, we dip a little bit, and it's just thirty-two story pages. The next, yeah, exactly. Then after that, I think it's forty again. Uh, and then after that, it's something like 52 or something. It, it just keeps getting, we just keep getting bigger and uh, the story keeps getting bigger and bigger. Right. And I want to make sure uh, every everyone has room. So it's going to be, it's going to be meaty. It's going to be a meaty story, but it's just six issues and all it's, three, three ninety nine. So, yeah, I can't, no, I can't, I can't wait to, I can't wait to get through it. It's, it's, it's really good. I mean, I, I you know, I, I was super excited reading, reading and I'm like, oh, and this is like, it just felt great. I loved, I, and you, the, the, you know, we mentioned voice earlier, like your the voice with your characters, like that, that's, you know, the, the, just that little shot of the boy looking out the back of the <laughs> car driving away, like that voice is so Russian. It yeah. like, it's just so like on point. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I know where I, I know where I am, and you know I know this character. Like you, you like that says a lot about the character. And yeah. like, okay, great. There's a certain fatalism there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. A cold, yeah. cold, wintry fatalism. There. <laughs> you know, it's like it's no joke. So yeah. um, that's cool. You know, it's and it's funny because I'm read. Uh, you know, when I'm reading it, I'm thinking like, man, like, yeah, I'm, I, I like I want everything all in one thing. You know. So yeah. like, I, I don't know if you read. Um, Hope Larson and uh, Rebecca Mock Salt Magic. It's yeah, a, yeah. Like it, it's so good. It's so good. So, so good. Um, and um, and I'm just like I want more and more things just be one thing. Like I want a book. Yeah. You know. I yeah, want yeah, yeah. I understand. Book. Yeah. And like I think like it's great that the publishing world has you know said okay we're gonna put money out for these things to happen. It's for kids. Like that's. Yeah. Predominantly, that's what we're getting. We're getting sort of, you know, young YA-ish, you know, or yeah, pre-YA pre kind of stuff. But I, you know, I, I envisioned a not too far distant future where we're, you know, like a 20th century men, centuries men type of book can just be a book, you know, yeah. like yeah. I mean, I, I think each 
each story i'm i would i would love to do a book like that it would be it would be a different kind of a structure you know yep. like you don't you don't have to have these cliffhanger endings no. it, not that you need a cliffhanger ending, but even just a stop point you know the, you know the 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 stop point i think with 20th century men it's so dense that i do think that reading it uh, you know reading it all together is going to be a cool experience but it's going to be a heavy experience reading yeah. it um reading it I monthly it. I, yeah exactly i mean exactly like yeah. that, you know not to compare myself to watchmen but it is or to compare ourselves to watchmen but you know i love watchmen i love reading it all together but it can it's kind of also like am i going to sit down and read watchmen you know what i mean like i don't, it's, think, I don't think i would have gotten through it had it landed as one book when i was because i was i think it was i was in i was in college at the time you know yeah. so it came out per issue and so i remember yeah. you know you had time to go to like read it reread it reread it figure yeah. it out go yeah. i got what i got out of this and then the next issue came out you can kind yeah. of keep going um and those are the kind of comics that i like to make and want to make is you know yeah. comics are it's it's an expensive enough art form that i want to yeah. make something that that you're reading for more than 10 minutes you know and yeah. I, I don't i do not want to make disposable comics i i just i as a reader i didn't like that I, yeah. you know i i totally respect that people want to some people just want like a, a simple beach read or a quick a fast thing but for me as a reader you know what i loved and what really really made the lights turn on in my brain were the big ideas the stuff that you yeah. could read again and again um you know and and so i think for something like 20th century men i i, I feel that it will it will the more you read it, the more you get out of it. And yep. the more time you have with it, the, the, you know, the better it'll be. Yeah. And I mean, and, and I guess, I mean, as you said, dense, dense is definitely a good word. I mean, I think, and that's, I think it's, I think it's important. I think we, I think we need to have a variety. Like, I mean, it's like, exactly. you don't, you, not every book is a Jack Reacher book and a yeah. Jack Reacher book is awesome. Yeah. yeah. But so is Tolstoy, you know, yeah. and you got, yeah. you, you yeah. know, you, have to have a shelf with a lot of different stuff on there so we can kind of you know enjoy our way through all these books and have a bunch of different types of people i mean i understand that 20th century men is not going to be for everybody it's not even going to be for everybody who likes my previous work you know i, I think asian mm -hmm. world is is more fun and and, and more yeah. light and and you know more funny uh i can totally see somebody who read the one and then didn't want it didn't like 20th century men and i've again i've seen comments that have been um you know that have been just i couldn't get through this there's just too much stuff in here i totally get that it's not for yeah. everyone but i hope that it'll be for enough people um you know that, that, that it, it's it you know it's something interesting and worth it and I, worthy i i think there's i think there's a ton of great stuff in it so i you know i mean you know thank you you know but i think people just need to take take a little time and yeah. and, and and you know turn off the distractions and sit yes. down and something and i think i think they're going to get a lot out of it if they if they give that thing and and Listen, it's it's a it's a timely impression subject matter too, you know. We're, Which we're, is wild, uh, yeah. because because I it's a story that takes place in the 1980s. Yep. You know what I mean? And I'm yet, gonna I'm gonna send I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a link to a podcast with which is with a uh, basically the guy who is running the whole many of the CIA operations during the oh, uh, wow. Russian uh, uh, you know occupation of Afghanistan. And wow, uh, I would love that really, really interesting point of view. I, we, won't, we, won't, we won't have to talk about it here, but you and I can talk about it off. Yeah, that's so, really interesting. I'm, I want to I yeah, definitely yeah. want to listen to that. OK, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you I'll, I'll send you the podcast. Um, let me just write the note here. Um, 
Yeah, it's it, it's cool. But yeah, so I'm 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 a fan already. I'm like, I I hate being a fan because that means I got about another comic book every month. <laughs> yeah. I'm it's so a, it's bad. just a responsibility. I understand. Dude, I'm so right. bad at it. It's just like one of these things where I'm like, I never am able to keep up with this stuff. Like I I yeah, it's a power that I I lost. I was so good at it as a young person, but um that habit, yeah. It's uh it's I think it's easy to fall out of it. Is the thing. oh, it's really easy when the industry gives you comic books and you don't have to like, yeah. you know, go yeah. to the comic book store anymore. And yeah. then when you when you're no longer in the industry and you don't get those free comics, guess what you don't do? You don't go back to the comic yeah. book store. So it's. Totally. A, I mean, I'm in the industry, and it's like it's very hard for me to to take the time even to read comics that I love that I right. know that I'll love. You know, it's yeah. just uh, you're busy or. When you're not re when you're not working on comics, you don't necessarily want to read comics. It's yeah. you know, it's a it's a whole thing. Be, be making your turning your love into your into your work is is a whole it's other a, thing. It's a it's a scary proposition. It, yes. it, it can really 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 bite you. Um, you gotta be, we got to be careful on that one. But so, I still love the media. You still love the medium so much that I'm ex I'm excited about it. It's just hard oh, yeah. to read other people's work sometimes. I mean, listen, I haven't been in the business, you know since you know 1999 ish you know like yeah but like i you know i but i love i love it so much that i'm like i want to talk to the people making this stuff yeah you know? like that's great you know i sit and I, I write i write prose all the time i have comic book stories but like they're really side hustle thoughts versus yeah. like the stuff that i want to do but like man i I love talking with people making this stuff because it's such an it's such a unique medium. Yes. It's such a really endless medium because you can do so much with it. And there's also like four or five different kinds of people I can talk to about it, you know, writers and artists and inkers, yes. colorists and letterers. Yes. I don't have to be it's not all like if if I was just talking to, you know, authors, well it's not that it's not fun to talk to authors, but it's one you know, way of approaching the work, right? Like, yeah. and, and so it's what we're talking about perspectives. You know, it, a yeah. letterer has a different approach to the work and, and focuses on different things than yep. I do, for sure. Just for sure. they notice, they just notice different things, you know. Yeah. And, and here's it's, it's, you know, what, what, what I, what I consider like comic book creation is everybody in the process after the writer is a, another lens tightening the focus of what the end the end images is for yes. the reader and like so like if you're maybe your script isn't super clear on something that the artist is going to tell the story hopefully a little yes. clearer and then that inker is going to clarify those lines and then yes. the colorist is going to <laughs> define all those elements in there and totally. with mood and tone and then that letterer is going to make all the story have under legibility from what's being, you know, and it's just and expressive and expressive expressivity, oh, for right? Sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, like it's, I, I, we, I work with incredible editors and like they're yeah. always pushing the, they're always pushing the form and what, what you're able to do. And, you know, and even some someone like Mazzucchelli talks about like what you can do with lettering and it's just, yeah. it's, he's thinking in a next level way. There's the, the the right now, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing time for lettering. Like there's, and while, it's a sad time that we don't have people, you know, doing it by hand on, on paper. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I, 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 that little bit of me cries about that because I, I love that part of the process. But there's so much 
the tools are so much more powerful that you can do so much more of the lettering, you know? Yeah. And when I see like a letterer like Clayton Cowles, who just blows my mind yes. every time. I'm like, what? what? You know? And like, I, I love me some Tom Orzakowski. Like that guy's the greatest, you know? Yeah. Like there's just this, this technical shit that's moved along, you know? Yeah. Um, I think you're seeing a lot of Todd, Todd Klein uh, disciples as well now with, um, you know, my, my letterer, my friend and letterer, Aditya Bidikar, yeah. and, and um, my older friend Haas, um, yeah. Hassan, like yeah. they're both, they're both just, they, they really see it as a, as not, not just trying to get across, not just trying to get the words on the page in a, in a clear way, but trying to get at the story and the ideas and the emotions that I'm trying to get Personality. Like, yeah. They're they're working to create voice through typography. Yes, and that's like that's like it's a super super like you know you know that might be my mom's number one pet peeve was word balloons. So like it's always been something in the back of my head. I'm like when like you know so like having a career in design. I'm like like I mean there's this wealth of typography. Why are we not using that in comic books? You know like yeah. there's now this generation of letterers who have grown up with a gigantic library of fonts available and you know exactly. digital tools um yeah i honestly i didn't even notice that like that previously the norm was just for you know uh todd klein to have a, a font and he used it on everything or i i you know or, or i know that um uh, uh i think clem robbins has a, has a specific font. i didn't notice that that was a thing like you develop your font and then you use that and then the right. people that want that font hire you for that book and sure I, you know that i i honestly didn't notice that as, until i started making comics myself you know yeah. and, and then and by then it was already changing yeah yeah no it's in comic craft and yeah 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 i mean we, we had richard here and like you know I oh mean, yeah yeah and like I mean, yeah i mean that, that guy kind of arguably like maybe one of the top five people who changed comic books the most totally. you know like, totally. it's kind of hard to argue that one so yeah um yeah it's 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 an amazing it's an amazing thing so yeah and you know i'm it, it's funny because you know i'm thinking about it i'm like man like so we got we you know lettering and coloring and you know and then and the line work artwork has all been sort of like revolutionized by digital technology it is yeah. complete but the writing i we we have yet to really see a digital sort of revolution that has somehow done something to the writer's world. Um, you know, there are great tools out there. I'll, you know, like there's great software for writing. You know, I, I, yeah. I like I like using Scrivener or other options and, uh, um, you know, pro writing aid is amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just having I think just having uh, a, like the word processor, you know, yeah computers was a big thing that you can delete really easily but it's weird because with writing everything that speeds you up is can also kind of throw you off uh it's not mm -hmm. always i think there's something to be said for i, I remember i think i i think it was brian Kavon also who said once uh i i write in word because i want anything that slows me down is good for my writing right and so so it's an interesting thing of there's a, always a balance right sometimes i i will write in long for in by hand in long form yeah. just because there's some there's some, you know, kinesthetic uh, intelligence that comes out. Oh, yeah. That, oh, know. for sure. So it's like the 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 revolutions for us, you know, I think it's just so interesting that they're not always useful. I mean, they're not always the best. They're not always what we need. 
I guess is what yeah. I would say. Is, well, is, it was, I mean, I guess it's the other thing is that it's like, once again, like there's all these layers put on top of what the writer does for a comic book. Yeah. And so the work in so many ways is buried in the, yeah. in the, in the eye of the, 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 the beholder and the, the, the digital revolution for writing happened in like 1982. <laughs> right. You know, right. Yeah. it happened yeah. before the internet was ubiquitous. It yeah. happened before you add. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. So it was just like the first, the first, you know, home, you know, you know, using technology to write on a computer yeah. that happened. Small number of people did it. A few more people did it. It was never like, there was never this, like now if everyone had been typing on typewriters, writing longhand, and then six years ago, the right. word processor was invented like there would yeah. be this oh my god change yeah. of, you know sea yeah. change happening so yeah. i guess maybe like i said it didn't happen but it already happened and it happened exactly. in a quiet fashion and then i also think for us uh email is a big deal because of communication right yes. i mean being able to have a relationship with my my art uh with my collaborators is yep. huge i have I'm close. I'm genuinely close with almost everyone that I work with in some kind of way or another. And certainly it's not the old days of, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'll FedEx a script to my editor and then he'll give right. it to the artist and then, mm -hmm. and then I'll get it back. And then, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, I've never heard of this artist. I didn't even know who the artist was beforehand. We'll, sure. we'll never talk. We never, we never have talked. We never will talk. That is a, I think that though, of course, great comics I'm sure can be made that way. Yeah. and have been made that way is not a way that I would want to make great comics. And it's no secret that a lot of the greatest comics happened from a bunch of guys living in New York City all at yep. the same time, you know, like, close, I, like getting like, you know, getting together, yeah. being part of things. I mean, like the phone was just stuck to my head in the 90s. Like you, you'd, yeah. sit there, you'd be drawing and just talking on the phone all day long because yeah. that's how you that's how you sort of kind of got your thing going. And yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Little fun fact: Brett Lewis was an editor for a um, was it All Star Comics? I can't remember the name of the it. Sports one. Yes. Yes. Um, in the late '90s, and he was the first project that I ever used um, the computer to get. So basically, so the magic of of FedEx was being able to get your project there overnight because you were late. That was the you know like that was the deal Ooh. yeah 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 and and like when i was when that brief time in atlanta like i found out the trick was there was a fedex um drop-off point at the at hartsfield airport that you could get there at 10 10 30 night. so you can be later than normal and still get your thing there the next day well, i was doing i did a piece for, for brett and it was late so i was just knowledgeable enough with computers at the time Remember, I was told you I was I was I was really powerful early on with computers. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, so I scanned the piece of artwork, put it on a, and and then I was able to email that artwork file. This is in wow. 1999, 98, 99. Yeah. I emailed that file to to Brett and he's like, we can't like, there's nothing we, like I don't we can't do anything with this. So I there happened to be a FedEx. No, I'm sorry. There happened to be a Kinkos okay. before FedEx Kinkos. Yeah. A Kinkos down the road from their offices. So I contacted them. I said, "Well, if I send it to you, can you guys put it on the disc?" And then they can pick it up. And they're like, "Yep, no problem." So that's wow. how. I, so I was able to get the piece that I was yeah to them without having to use FedEx. Yeah, that's uh, it. Just the Wild West, I think. 
oh, you know, it's, it's like all the photo because he still has like a bunch of photocopies and stuff with with notes from the winter men and stuff and so i've i've seen yeah. that stuff and it's like that's how you did it then oh, my god man you know that was in that was in the early 2000s i think it sure. uh, but it was just a a totally different way of doing comics it seems yeah like. no it was it was totally totally different like yeah i mean it, it's and there's a beautiful there's a beautiful quality to all that like i mean totally. the, yeah it's it's i mean everything was very sort of in hand yes um, yeah <laughs> And that's it's, powerful. I think, I mean, even now, you know, I don't print off all the pages and make notes on them. I do that on a PDF, but, right. but I would like, there's some part of me that would like to, because there is, again, there is this kinesthetic intelligence that comes out, like just seeing how things work, look on the page and then <laughs> kind of crossing it out. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. they're absolutely every, with every advance, there's something lost and there's something like, there's a lot gained, but yes. there's also something lost. There's always something lost in translation. Yeah. There, yeah. It, it's, I mean, that's, that's what that, that means. And it's super, it's, it, it, it'll always be that way. And we're, yeah. you know, exactly. and, like discs, like digital music is great, but there's something lost from the, from the record, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, and it's, well, there's something gained. There. Yeah. Right. There's something yeah. gained too. Like there's a certain clarity that you're not going to, but there's, but there's the depth. Well, yeah. To be able to constantly go like, oh, what is that? Let me hear that music and be able to listen to the music rather than yeah. saying, okay, I got it. Okay. When am I going to be near the record store? Okay. I got to go right. there. And, that's, and maybe they have it. Maybe they don't have it. Like, yeah. I mean, there's all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you know, there's both trade-offs and we, and we live with them, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I feel, I feel super blessed to be able to be this close, you know, uh, Stepan lives in Croatia. Um, mm -hmm. um, uh, Philia lives in, in Russia. Like I feel very, and my, and Aditya lives in, in, um, in India and, and Haas, my letter lives in, um, lives in the UK and it's yep. like, but we, but I still talk to these people every day almost, you know what I yeah. mean? Like I still have real relationships with these people. Um, For sure. And that's amazing. And that's, that's only possible with the technology that we have today. And, and I think this stuff. exactly this stuff. And it's like, I think the book, the book reflects that. I think, you know, as I think a lot of the best, um, a lot of the best stuff in comics has come from the writer artist, the one person making mm -hmm. a thing. And so, mm -hmm not not only i mean not only no that, no, no, but, no but there's it's a you it's a it's a really unique thing when it's you a, have a genius in both too like yes. somebody you know somebody like a right. frank miller who is you know he's it's yeah. not it's not just one thing or the other or or a Mazzucchelli. like right. you know like there's nothing like asterisk pollock right yeah you can't make that book all, except for him and that's one person with everything integrated that's mm -hmm. an amazing thing so the goal but the goal of my work is always to I'm never going to be that kind of an artist. I, I came too late to creativity. To I'm a, I would like to one day get you know better, but and I right. and, and I know that you can, but that's never going to happen for me. That I think my my drawing would be at the level of my writing. Try your left hand, dude. Yeah, I'll try my exactly. But the goal, but with something like 20th Century Men, you know, I, I can kind of feel us all coalescing into to yeah. something that almost feels like it was made by one person, which is a real special, a, a really special thing, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, and I think that's the thing. I mean, I think we have like we have these very two we have these two distinct sort of way comics that we that we see that that stand out. And I think it is there's there's this sort of independent person who's making something that's un unbelievable. And like, I mean, I I, I I say it all the time, like Cliff, what Cliff Chang is doing on his Catwoman thing is right. just. Yeah, it's the mic drop, you right. know, or Darwin uh, Cook on New Frontier. Yeah. Right. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Bam, you know, like oh the park exactly. 
I mean, or Parker, yeah. even better. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's just like, and it's, and it's so unique because it, it, it's an artist's expression. It's an individual voice and you're seeing this whole thing and it's unbelievably powerful. Um, and they understand both, they understand both sides of storytelling so deeply and they're innovating on both back and forth, you know, which is incredible. Yeah. Like I, like I love Jeff Buckley. But yeah. I also love the Beatles. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and I yeah. and I like both of those in my world because I yeah. want to hear this one thing from one person, and I also want to hear like that band. You yeah. Know? And, and like, I mean, as a writer, I feel like I'm bringing something unique, unique, and 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 important to to this work. You um, are because nobody would say yes if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I. But but so you know, I think a work can feel bigger when you have a lot of people working on it. Yes. But. Uh, but also there's just something to there it, there is something special about that so when we're at, when we have a bunch of people working on a book and we're communicating a ton we i think we're getting the best of both worlds or closer to the single creator who's making something but also with the fact that i know a lot of things that stepan doesn't know and stepan knows a ton of things that i don't know and it would be very difficult to find somebody who knew all of those things and were, had all the time to do all that research yep. and to you know and to and to have those thoughts you know what i mean yeah, totally totally yeah it's i mean it's a cool thing and it's it's a it's a it's a great you know it's a great medium um i'm you know i cherish all of my verbal and personal you know communications and relationships with the people in this industry because i think it's just some magic you know happening all the time totally. and the passion is you know because you know, I say it all the time. I have the, my twelve-year-old theory is that we we lock into the things by the age of twelve that we're going to love for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And if you're able to sit and make the stuff that made you excited when you were twelve, totally. Oof, there you go. There's some happy. What, exactly. I've I've never been. You know, I was in medicine before this. I've never been as happy. You know, in my life as I am now with yeah. with the kind of work that I get to do and the kind of thing, the way that I get to spend my days. Um, and I and, and there's not that much money in comics, which is a which sounds bad, yeah. but but it also means that there's not a lot of people coming who aren't passionate about the work. You know, true, amazing, right? The, because the the the, the industry uh, from both sides of it, from the fans and from the creators, quickly sniff out those people who are like, I'm here to like make a comic book so it'll become a big movie. Like, yeah, like we can sniff you out a million miles away, buddy. You know, like yeah, you know, like. Just, the movie industry like there's a lot of people that love movies making movies but then there's a lot of people involved in that process who don't love movies and they're trying to make money because it's a great way of making money sure. in comics it's not a great way of making money people can make i'm sure people can sure. make money but like it's it's not it doesn't draw that many people so it's what you end up with is a lot of people who are very passionate about about comics and about yeah. work, no for amazing. sure yeah yeah i mean there's there's only a few channels of making you know great revenue and you know you either yeah. got pointy pointy ears you got claws yeah you got webs like after yeah. that it's it a real it gets real thin yeah. um yeah whatever um so what else what i mean you've you've got three books happening right now which is yeah. a, a lot yeah um you know i'm sure you're lining pitching for yeah. things next year I have so I have uh, I have one thing that's been announced that won't come out for a couple of years. It's a uh, we were talking about um, OGN's uh, original graphic novels for mm -hmm. middle grade readers, younger readers. I have it's called Magus Minor. Um, it's oh. with it's with Holt, um, and we were very early in the process of that. That won't come out until I think 2025 or something, 2025, 2026. 
and it's um it's kind of a it's a original graphic novel all one thing um and uh it is about a it's a kind of a magical girl thing a, a young girl finds out that she is the magus minor which is the assistant to the magus major who is the kind of a doctor strange protector of magical protector of the universe of the earth and she has to learn how to become uh you know the magus minor and and fight all these uh, all these creatures and over time what she learns is she doesn't really like doing that what she likes to do is use magic to do small things for people in her community oh, okay. uh, and so it's kind of about uh you know about seeing a lot of horrible things going around on around you and and feeling kind of powerless to do anything about those things and using doing what you can on a small scale um and using what power you have on a small scale to make differences also sounds like a whole th a whole sort of like you know relationship between density density dense destiny and uh and your yeah. in, in in sort of free will you know yeah. like because like if you're like hey you're destined to be this person you're like but that's not what i that's not who i see myself to be yeah, yeah. and as somebody who switched careers late in life i guess it, sure. that that probably played in yeah so so um we're we're really excited about that that's with henry holt publishing and but again very very early in the process. yeah but that's exciting i I'm, I'm super excited about that whole i that whole genre of you know of middle grade reading and you know graphic novels i think it's i think it's amazing and, and so important because cool. again just different types of people reading comic books yep. you know and that's yep. it i'm so i feel so excited to make something that i can hand to my my young young nephews and nieces you know what i mean sure yeah that's great awesome well everyone can find you at dennis camp d-e-n-i-z twitter and twitter yeah he's he's out he's on twitter always always doing something good there um <laughs> yeah it's uh it's been a pleasure thank um, you so much this was such a huge pleasure i had a great time uh i feel like i want to i want to do a different podcast that's just about your stories because <laughs> Frankly, I was more interested in your side of this than I. No, than you I have to, you, today the, the big story is all about you, man. Um, but seriously, but yeah. it's super, super huge pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh no, I had I, I had an absolute great time, and I'm really looking forward to carrying on. Maybe we can maybe we could do a a, a more in depth thing of like how you approach in a script and how you approach pages, writing your Absolutely. pages in that process maybe we can give some people some information and some you know some learnings from that some examples yeah absolutely yeah because i think people i mean like I, I that's you know it's being able to hear how someone does something is always to me is like oh that's i'll always lean in oh it doesn't care i was just doing. i was just recently asked if i would give some of my old scripts to to somebody online yeah absolutely anytime yeah, uh, yeah just... we'll, fi we'll figure something out but um then it was absolute blast um super glad we got this chance today to talk and uh Absolutely. yeah I don't, i'm not gonna do any of the closing stuff i've, I've given up i'm not <laughs> done done I'm i not respect gonna, that it's 2022 not, i don't care you, yeah fine. they if got it if you're listening you're listening yeah there you go. exactly tell, there you go there's the thing just tell somebody there you yeah. go that's my that's the that's the spiel tell somebody yeah. <laughs> absolutely all right well hey uh Till we talk next time, all right? Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, all the best. See you.